into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever in the world you are located. Thank you for joining us today on your Friday. Got a new headset? Please just let me know in the chat, you know, if you're able to hear me. Um, the, the hinge was going out in the old one, so finally got the new one in. Um, so hopefully it sounds like audio is working good. Got some intro music for the ladies and gentlemen. Let me know if this is too loud um, for everybody or if it's just right. But my name is Eric Taylor, CEO here at Barricade Cyber Solutions, and I am welcoming you to episode 399, almost at 400, ladies and gentlemen, almost at 400. It is crazy. Um, I've actually got to turn down. I've actually got a little loud in my headset here. But, uh, but today is June 30th, 2023. And we my again my name is eric taylor i am welcoming you here i am as uh, we have been pretty much all week this week we uh you know i am in the a chair as dr gerald osier has put it um you know guest hosting by the uh by his uh, grace allowing me to fill in for him and be able to provide technical analysis for you on today's episode of everything that is latest and greatest in the cybersecurity news. Please remember that each episode is worth half a CPE. If you didn't catch my comment yesterday, I did see some people in LinkedIn send me a message. Yes, I actually submitted this as part of my uh, SAN CPEs and they did do it. I just put it under community and it was approved in like two and a half, three hours. So um you know truth to power if you will or uh case study if you will but yes it it get, does get approved for cpes so um if you're new into that world of having to follow your cpes please know that this does work for that situation um bring up my other screen here because i do want to introduce you to today uh to the show sponsors as always you know that we are an evergreen sponsor and Panopsi Security as well as I'm being told is a evergreen sponsor. Um, they are designed to come in with their knowledge and expertise from working the uh, owner working at Great Canary and being a SANS instructor and everything that we've been talking about all week to actually find those uh, those weaknesses inside of your organization, be able to help create a report for your C-suite inside of your organization to really get that budgeted items like yo we really need to do 
MFA on our SSL uh, VPN, right? I mean, I know there's a lot of technical jargon there, but you know, there's there's some vulnerabilities here, right? Um, you know, you keep saying that you know an hour of downtime is you know it's going to cost us X amount, but you know this firewall hasn't been patched in six months, and we really need to get this thing done. You know, so you know bringing in an organization like that could definitely help you get the the items that you want completed in a timely manner so that way the the network and the organization can be more secure you know going into uh 2024 than you were in 2023 and that's really what the goal is ladies and gentlemen you want to be able to take those steps to make your your business more secure in year two than you were in year one and that's essentially what a CISO is right so um reach out to put upside security you know, see if it's a good fit for your organization and see if it you can be able to leverage them to be able to get the things that you've been struggling to get done in your organization, right? Um, if you are here, please do t say team, uh, do in the chat, team, uh, hashtag team live, been dropping everything. And I see Jenny Housley, as always, as well as CatGPT, Kimberly, fix it. My buddy Jim Lund, how you doing today, bud? I'm um, seeing LinkedIn users, Omar Anderson, Michelle, I can't pronounce that. Hooked on Phonics never worked great for me, but I see y'all in the chat. Thank you for uh, being here, say, doing that team live. If you are on team replay, you know, you didn't miss us live, but you're you're still catching in and still enjoying what I'm putting uh, talking about. Please put in uh, team replay. Definitely love seeing you. Um, you know, joining us after the fact, after your morning debriefs, things of that nature. If you are Team Audio, I know you can't put it in the chat, but you know, um, we, we see you out there downloading those these episodes, and we do enjoy or appreciate you, you know, uh, taking in this information on your drive to your next site or into the office, or out of the office, whatever the case is, and how you're consuming us on your audio podcast so thank you so much for tuning in as well and with that ladies and gentlemen i think it it is time to get uh just double checking oh yep that's right so yeah okay that's a note for me apologies so i'm just going through the going through the notes here uh Looks like I did pretty much catch everything. It looks like I did miss Dagummit that Worldwide Wednesday on Wednesday. I was talking about, you know, um, IT Pro from ACI Learning. Uh, they do sponsor the Worldwide Wednesday. Um, so, all right. With that said, I think it is time to stop the music and fire up the top cybersecurity news of the day, ladies and gentlemen. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Friday, June 30th, 2023. SEC notice to SolarWinds CISO and CFO shakes up cybersecurity industry. U.S. SEC staff have recommended legal action against individual SolarWinds employees in an unusual move that is causing a stir amongst cybersecurity professionals.
Current and former employees and officers of the company, including the CFO and CISO, have received so-called Wells notices from the SEC staff in connection with the investigation of the 2020 cyber attack, the company said in an SEC filing. The notices allege that the company violated federal securities law by not having internal cybersecurity controls in place to prevent the attack. A SolarWinds spokesperson defended the company's response to the attack but said its executives may face charges related to their handling of the situation. Oh, man. So this has been something that's been... Um... <laughs> Sorry, reading some of the comments there. Um, this is definitely something that's been a long time in the making, right, where um, and I don't think this is going to be the first one by any means. You know, I think, you know, the Kaseya breach, things of that nature, there, there may be more and more of these type of situations, definitely probably not by the SEC, um, but I would suspect more of these type of things against a, lo a lot of these larger organizations that have been compromised, you know, with through some of the papers that have been put out that they, uh, you know, they were not practicing their own best security policies, things of that nature. You know, I didn't mention yesterday about the SOC 2 analysis and how it can be very scoped. A lot of vendors will, you know, say that they are SOC 2 compliant, but what they failed to mention is about what part of the business is actually SOC 2 compliant. Is it, you know, your janitors at SOC 2 and then nothing else, you know? Sorry about that. I need to take a small drink there, but, um, yeah, this is going to definitely be, I seen this come on my radar last week uh, or maybe earlier this week. And it's going to be interesting to see exactly um, what part of the cybersecurity was actually, you know, they're going after, right? So definitely bookmark or you'll know, keep this in your, you know, your Google alerts, your RSS feeds, whatever you're using to you know, ingest other, um, other news sources to, you know, just kind of keep a flag out for anything that's solar winds. Cause this is going to be, I really think that this one is going to be the case study for a lot of the other, um, a, lo a lot of the other lawsuits that are going to come in because, you know, in, in the legal world, again, I'm not a lawyer, just dealing with a lot of, legal professionals in the industry that I deal with, but this is what could potentially set what's called precedence. And because it's not this thing, depending on exactly how this forms out and what they're actually going after solar winds for. Uh, and I haven't seen that. If you know the exact issue, I mean, I know it was, you know, for the sunburst attack that was going through it. I can't remember if, if it was SolarWinds or Kaseya that was using like a weak password for the FTP, um, and that's how they got in. It, again, this is two, three years ago, right? So I got to definitely go back and do a little bit of homework again, but um, definitely need to figure that one out. But it, it will potentially cause precedence um for other tech uh tech software manufacturers to potentially be sued because of these type of things right um so
like I said, keep a watchful eye on this thing, and we'll we'll all kind of see how this thing unfolds together and see if there's actual precedence to go after the other software companies. Third Eye Windows-based malware steals sensitive data. A previously undocumented Windows-based information stealer called Third Eye has been discovered in the wild with capabilities to harvest sensitive data from infected hosts. Fortinet FortiGuard Labs, which made the discovery, said it found the malware in an executable that masqueraded as a PDF file with a Russian name that translates to CMK rules for issuing sick leaves.pdf.exe. The stealer is equipped to gather information such as system metadata, register usernames and volume information, which is then transmitted to a C2 server using the string third eye to beacon its presence to that server. Yeah. I'll have to dig into this. You know, there it's been a long-standing issue with education against end users with PDFs, right? Where you know, you need to enable the macros or there's a an HTML that's embedded inside of there that will uh when you click or an image that will say, you know, this thing is encrypted and then you got to click a you know, in the link inside of the PDF, that way it loads up a malicious. Um, and this is just, you know, embedding, you know, things inside of a PDF, right? So, um, definitely, it didn't say anything in here, you know, if this was, you know, widespread, like, this being used in a lot. Ooh, we got Dr. Jared Osher watching. Look, we got pretty graphics. I swear. You know, <laughs> you know, how do you keep a, a kid happy? You give him a sucker or some chocolate or whatever. And I always say, how do you keep a CISO happy? Show him pretty uh, infographs. And so, um, you know, it's the quote unquote uh, porn of the industry for the CISOs. But yeah, it's, um, I, I don't know if this is actually you know, being pushed out as, you know, just widespread, you know, phishing, things of that nature, or if this is actually a targeted attack because it's coming from Russia. Um, and you know, if it's, uh, you know, targeting Ukraine or, you know, any of the other Middle Eastern companies or th things like that. So, um Try some. Sorry, I was just getting. For some reason, uh, Cat GPT there, it, uh, message there caught my. But cool. Um, all right, on to the next story. But yeah, I keep. You know, this is just another one to keep an eye on, right? See what comes out from, you know, um, this third eye payload. So, I'm sure there'll be more information to come. Cyber Command to expand the Canary in the Coal Mine unit working with the private sector. The U.S. Cyber Command is doubling the size of a little-known program that serves as one of the military's chief links to private industry in order to bolster the country's defenses against cyber threats. The team of tech-savvy military and civilian experts will grow from one dozen to two dozen people by this time next year, according to Army Lieutenant Colonel Jason Seals, the command's chief of private sector partnerships. Cyber Command and companies use tools like Slack and Microsoft Teams to communicate daily about digital threats. 
During a recent interview at the NSA's Cybersecurity Collaboration Center, he said, quote, We need to make sure that we have additional resources and capabilities available and not put the burden so much on the small handful of folks that we have now. End quote. This is interesting. I've been seeing a lot of chatter about Cyber Command working with the private sector. And I'm going to assume, you know, assumption being the mother of all F-ups, um, that this is part of that initiative. I, I honestly have not heard about this before right now. Um, so this is definitely a takeaway item for me. Um, yeah, especially I'm a small business. I'm in this, you know, the DFIR space. We do a lot of IR retainers, things of that nature. Um, so this is definitely a takeaway item for me that I will be looking at after the show. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to put this in the chat. If you don't have this, um, definitely look this up as well. You know, if you're running a small organization, this may be, you know, something that may be beneficial to your organization and y'all's internal threat hunting, things of that nature. So, um, you know, kudos to U.S. Cyber Command. Um, more to come, hopefully. Let's all do a little bit of homework today and see if there's a... Uh... Oh, here we go. I already I love it even more. Ultimately, a former Marine major. There's no former. Come on. There's no... There's no former in the Marine Corps. Anyway. Microsoft Sysmon now detects when executable files are created. Sysmon 15.0 released Wednesday includes two new features, the hardening of the program by turning it into a protected process and this ability to detect when executables are created on the monitored system. As Sysmon is commonly used to detect malicious behavior, it is in threat actors' best interest to tamper with or disable the software. With this release, Microsoft converted the Sysmon.exe executable into the protected process to prevent malicious code from being injected. Oh, yeah. That, it is, dude, that is that last line right there. Getting Sysmon as protected code from to be not impacted, that is a huge step forward. Those who don't know, okay, Windows logging is so awesome, ladies and gentlemen, that SysJournals had to create another logging tool just to help us, you know, track stuff down. And Sysmon, it really is a Swiss, uh, Army Swiss knife of logging. It, it can be the noisiest darn thing in the world. There's fortunately, there's a lot of smart people, more, uh, a lot more smarter people than I in that space that actually put together proper or better logging, um, ingestion and um frameworks for sysmon um configuration files so that way things are a better grouped and better understood things of that nature and um it it does show a lot more inf uh, information when you're trying to troubleshoot you know even you know the uh you know even for your internal it trying to figure out, you know, what's happening on a workstation, you know, why is an application potentially crashing, 
things of that nature, right? Um, so it's a uh, this is this is huge. Yeah, I love I love it. I love it. There was there was also one thing. So if you're in internal IT, so we'll, sorry, we'll go a little jawjacking, but it's definitely on topic here. Um, so if you're in internal IT, definitely look at uh, Sysmon 13. I think it started with 13. I could be wrong, but there was a feature that was added where anytime a file was deleted, Sysmon would take that file and put it into another folder that you had set up. So that way, in case for some reason, um, it was, you know, actually deleted or whatever, you would be able to pull it out of that quote unquote deleted repo, if you will and be able to restore that file. So like I said, Sysmon has got a lot of cool features. Um, so if you're, oh, excuse me. Um, so if you're not using Sysmon, uh, so if you're an internal sysadmin, network administrator, uh, whatever you're doing IT, you know, you, Sysmon should be deployed as a default for, for anything, right? So take that away as one of your action items, please. And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Over-provisioned users could expose your organization's most sensitive data. Just a single attack on one of those users may compromise your entire SaaS estate. With App Omni's identity and threat detection capabilities, you can detect and respond to suspicious activities within your SaaS environment. Gain visibility into over-provisioned users, the SaaS data they have access to, and receive guided remediation. Get started at appomni.com. That's A-P-P-O-M-N-I dot com. All right, ladies and gentlemen. And with that, you know, I've been messing with this a little bit. Let me turn down the audio before I do this, but it is time for the mid-roll. Let me know if that is a little too loud. I'm, I'm having to adjust the sound up and down, but... Hopefully that's not too much. But anyway, the, this is the part of the show where we do talk about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge and talk about other things that are actually impacting some of our internal operations. But, um, you know, definitely if you're not on LinkedIn, um, you know, definitely get on there. Uh, Jack Scott, I think I saw you in chat. I actually need to switch over to my mod chat in Discord. There we go. There we go. Um so, you know, Jack Scott, if you're there, say, hey, um, meant to actually message you this morning. But if you haven't seen Jack Scott's post from yesterday, oh, there's Jack. There you are. Uh, go check out her post. I just put it in the chat. Um, she definitely did kind of what I did there, right? She went and did a whole video. So that was really, really cool. Um, so, you know, I always like to see the video uh responses I, I think it's a lot more personable um and you know it really helps you connect so if you are part of that simply cyber community channel please consider you know doing a video i like it i, I really do um and stay tuned after this like i said uh i said yesterday i will stick around we will do an extended jaw jacking section um so that way we can, uh, or I can be able to answer y'all's questions, things of that nature. I did see a couple of comments yesterday that, that y'all guys did have a ton of questions for me. So I am 
a little bit uh a little worried a little bit so um oh one second um i did met i did get back with um jack or uh not jack but um haircut fish yesterday and if y'all remember the meme of the day yesterday um he did he put me on oh, let me actually before i totally mess up everything would do that like this so the uh turn that back up. um the reason he put me on there was because of and those who don't actually have a flipper it actually has a dolphin that's on there so um that that, that was a reason why he did that it wasn't because of some of the the uh the tinfoil hat things that we were talking about and restream kind of messed up so it was it was pretty cute it was pretty clever now that i fully got the context of it um you know i got two or three of them floating around here somewhere um and for some reason i didn't pick up on it until he explained it so um wanted to share that with everybody uh with that i guess let's fire up and head on to oh i'm sorry i almost messed up did jack scott tag somebody kind of try just trying to look through chat real quick okay not yet jack scott please do me a huge massive favor and take um there i can take one of your off your hands you know haircut fish um i will uh i will get with you as soon as i locate them I've got one or two, I think, still in the box unused or unopened, and I will get one to you. Um, but uh, Jack Scott, if you could please tag somebody for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Um, I do challenge someone to potentially, if I haven't seen uh, Dr. Gerald Osier in chat yesterday or today, so I assume he is um, taking some much needed R&R. But uh, I do know that he did volunteer himself at one point about doing it. So if he is actually in the chat, um, in the in the chat and available, maybe consider that. But I don't think he's here today, so that may be a potentially a Monday item. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come up on 400 episodes on Monday. That is crazy. So I see some. Uh, I see some folks talking about everything uh, about the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, Millie's saying about him doing it. So we'll go through part two of the show and we'll follow up at the end. And hopefully um, we will have a participant for that aspect. Lawsuit says OpenAI violated U.S. authors' copyrights to train chatbot. Two U.S. authors sued. Hold on one second. Apologies. I know that audio is messed up and I'm getting what looks like. Okay. Okay. I see you, Kimberly Misfix. Thank you so much, ma'am. Open AI in San Francisco. Lawsuit says open AI violated us authors copyrights to train chatbot. 
Two U.S. authors sued OpenAI in San Francisco federal court on Wednesday, claiming in a proposed class action that the company misused their works and that of other authors to train ChatGPT by mining data copied from thousands of books without permission, thus infringing the author's copyrights. This is not the first lawsuit of its kind. Several legal challenges have been filed over material used to train AI systems, including source code owners against OpenAI and Microsoft's GitHub, and visual artists against Stability AI, Midjourney, and DeviantArt. I wondered if something like this was going to happen. So, you know, we've seen, and I, it, I've kind of been living under a big massive rock lately. You know, heads down, really focused, a ton of stuff going on right now, um, you know, both personally and professionally. But I do know that there was that big Writers Guild strike and all that stuff around in Hollywood. Um, and I don't know if that's been re fully resolved. But I do know one of the things that was talked about was the use of open AI um, being a potential threat to the um, the writers um i guess the writers guild or whatever the case is so um it is interesting to see that they use a ton of books uh, to help train it but here's the question that i really have is this is my own negligent uh negligent misunderstanding but yeah i thought books online if it was able to be ingested, that means it was free for public consumption. And as long as you're not doing plagiar, if you're not plagiarizing the actual artist, if you're just referencing it, I don't know what the problem is, right? Um, a lot. I mean, even the those Cliff Notebooks, right? That I, I don't. Maybe cl those Cliff Note books or whatever at least gave a couple dollars for all the books or whatever back to the original uh, artist who wrote the book or something. That for everyone that was sold, those are, you know are uh, you know of my generation. You know we knew about Cliff Notes and things of that nature. Um, so plaintiffs include source code owners. So I'm just kind of scanning this to see. Hmm. Including it. Oh, so I think this might be where they're coming in with a problem. So including legal software libraries that offer copyright books without permission. So maybe the allegation here is, you know, they illegally obtain copies of these, um, these books and manuscripts and things of that nature to dump into AI. So they didn't, you know, at least, you know, buy the original one. So think, think of the, uh, you know, the days before streaming for those who, you know, that are younger than, you know, than I, um, that, you know, we used to have, you know, VHS and Betamaxes and, you know, you, you actually had to go to a place called Blockbuster and, um, you know, those other stores to actually, rent and purchase dvds it was 
long before you know you could do streaming or heck even netflix you know where you could be able and those other services where you can actually have dvds where you rented um but essentially you as long as you owned a copy of it um you're allowed to share it and things of that nature right so that might be where some of this stuff is going into all right android spy app let me spy suffers data breach Android-based phone monitoring app Let Me Spy has disclosed a security breach that occurred on June 21st, allowing an unauthorized third party to steal sensitive data associated with thousands of Android users. Let Me Spy is a subscription-based app that allows its users to snoop on others by installing the software on their devices. It's billed as a tool for parental or employee control. It can collect call logs, SMS messages, and geolocations, and its icon can be hidden from the device's home screen launcher. The stolen data consists of email addresses, messages, and victims' locations going back to 2013. Oh, I really, 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 really wish I had the sound there. You're dumb. You are so dumb. I mean, come on. You're li literally, you literally have an application that is sole purpose is phone monitoring. You would think you would spend a ton of time, um, you know, making sure that your software is locked down. You're going to be a target. It's like putting a big neon sign outside of Fort La uh, Fort Knox, gold stored here. Come on. No, I don't know. You know, we're not going to get into the whole, you know, political is gold actually still there or not. I don't care about all that crap. But anyway, you know, you're literally, you know, advertising to, you know, hey, we have a lot of secrets over here and eh, we're just going to look the other way. Right. Come on. Oh, this is just too freaking. You, you are dumb. You are so, so dumb. All right. Flutter-based Android malware targets credit cards and 2FA codes. Cybersecurity researchers have shared the inner workings of an Android malware family called Fluhorse, F-L-U-H-O-R-S-E. The malware, quote, represents a significant shift as it incorporates the malicious components directly within the Flutter code, end quote, said Fortinet FortiGuard Labs researcher Axel Avril in a report published last week. Fluhorse was first documented by Checkpoint in early May 2023. The initial intrusion vector for the malware is phishing, and its ultimate goal is stealing credentials, credit card details, and two-factor authentication codes received as SMS to a remote server under the control of the threat actors. Lesson learned. I mean, you know, you see uh, Checkpoint, you see Fortinet. I mean, this is the second report from, you know, the Fortinet teams um, today or at least the second report citing Fortinet, um, uh, FortiGuard Labs. Uh, you know, it's phishing is still a freaking thing, right? Um, you know, much like grandma getting those phone scams of, you know, Apple, Microsoft, or whatever. I mean, phishing is still a massive, you know, acceptable form of, you know, extortion. Right. So 
it's uh it's just sad to see you know in 2023 with literally all of the protections that you can put in that is so I didn't think I was going to go spicy on this, but it really is easy to stand up protections to help you do fishing attack training and, you know, doing like proof point or um, iron scales or any number of vendors that will help monitor your email to help find and eliminate phishing attacks and characteristics of phishing attacks and things of that nature. It's, I, I don't understand why some of this stuff is still a problem. I, I really, really don't. Mm. Oh, Jack Scott, I see uh, it's because people have layered on social engineering that have made phishing attacks uh, more sophisticated. Yeah, that makes sense. But Jack, maybe this is a side comment that you and I have. Um, you know, again, you know, as these, you know, um, social engineering and things of that nature are advancing, you would think that the the applications that are monitoring the email boxes would also, you know, get smarter to be able to detect those things right so um uh, casually joseph asked you know uh, correct me if i'm wrong but most frameworks require some sort of uh security awareness training yes they do yeah, they, they absolutely absolutely do and i just knocked over one of my workstations over here <laughs> all right but yeah we won't beat a dead horse on this one it's again i'm just surprised that this thing is still an issue but you know, it's it's got to be profitable for them i mean it, there's it's still a thing right so sony's confidential playstation secrets spilled because of a sharpie what highly confidential information about sony's playstation business has just been revealed by mistake as part of the FTC versus Microsoft hearing, Sony supplied a document from PlayStation chief Jim Ryan that included redacted details on the margins Sony shares with its publishers, its Call of Duty revenues, and even the cost of developing some of its games. However, the redactions were done with a black sharpie, which means the text remains visible uh, when placed on a scanner. Uh, Sony's competition quickly downloaded the documents before they were taken down. They reveal details such as the cost of development of some of its games, the costs and dangers of Microsoft making Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox, and the true value of Call of Duty to PlayStation. Oh my god. I really need that sound. You are dumb. You are so dumb. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! Have you not watched like any any like series of criminal shows? You know, at least one of them, like NCIS, is on Law and Orders and all those stuff. You know, they they have that infamous where they would you know they would have that thing and they would turn it around and sometimes you can even hold it up to the light and make it out and stuff. Oh my gosh, people! Ah. Uh. Oh, that is just 
Your your entire your entire confidentiality exposed by a sharpie. That is nuts. Oh yeah, they even hold on. Let me let me actually flip this screen. Can y'all see this? So like even if you zoom in, oh, let me. I'm not sure if y'all can see this. I'll I'll drop this in the chat as well. Um, bring this up over here. Oh, you have a direct link, but yeah, you can make out, you know, the cost of 2.2 million right there to develop. Uh, started in 2012. That looks like a six right there, maybe. Yeah, so I mean, you can clearly see it. Um, it it takes a little bit of, you know, fuzzing to kind of figure out, but you can get the the gist of most of it. So I'm sure that document is just riddled with that type of stuff, right? So, all right, all right, all right. So if you've been here just for the show, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. I do appreciate you spending the week with us, and we will be getting into the jaw jacking here in just a moment. Um, just a programming note for everybody. Um, let me actually turn down the audio. There we go. Um, make sure that that's not too low, too loud, or whatever. Let me know. Um, just as a programming note, we will have an episode on Monday uh, because of July, uh, July 4th here in the States. Um, there will be no CISO series. There will be no um, uh, daily cyber threat briefing on Tuesday. And Dr. Gerald Osher will be back in the A-chair on Wednesday picking back up dropping his CISO knowledge for you ladies and gentlemen I will still be here on Monday unless things change over the weekend um, but yeah we will uh, we will look forward to seeing uh, everybody on Monday for the cybersecurity news and like as, with that said I like promised now is the jaw jacking session ladies and gentlemen so in the chat um, oh yeah, sorry. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Uh, we do have an exception uh, or an acceptee of the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, Carrie White is doing the challenge, so definitely go over to your um, go over to your LinkedIn. Go find Carrie White later on this afternoon. Look for that hashtag. Look for uh, connect with Jack Scott if you haven't connected with her before follow her she's doing some really really cool stuff um you know she's got her whole um the jacks act uh bill that she's trying to get to go through for uh some injured veterans you know i don't want to go too deep into that and um but i, I just don't want to overstep what i'm allowed to say I, so read up on her i'm sure she discloses some information but it's really cool to see her you know fight for impacted veterans and certain aspects of injuries so um that's really really cool but definitely um so with that we will go into the questions um first question i see again for those who are in the chat please put that cue in there and that way i can easily find it bring it up and answer those questions um jen how's that do you see your uh your discord here 
So, Jenny, I'm not sure if you're uh, referring to Mike, but here we go. Um, Mike, what is Barricade Cyber? So, Barricade Cyber is a cybersecurity company. We specialize in digital forensics and incident response, a.k.a. when the crap hits the fan or when the... It hits the fan. We are one of those companies that get called in to help figure out who stole it, what was stolen, are they still in the network, negotiate um, you know terms for potential decryption, um, and do a, the remediation, right? So um, those who didn't see, definitely put it. Uh, Jack Scott just put the the official bill in there, so definitely check that out. Um, I'm going to scroll through here, see if there are any questions. Uh, question from Jess, Bis uh, Jess Bishop. What's going on, girl? Man, I got to get with you on LinkedIn. It's been forever since we talked. What is your least favorite ransomware group? My least favorite. You know what? Um, my least favorite ransomware group would have to be the Phobos variant. The reason for that, um, it really is the Wild Wild West in Phobos, uh, P-H-O-B-O-S. Um, they work strictly off of email, um, and you know they. It's literally like you went to Best Buy or Staples or one of the the big box stores, and you know you bought some software off the shelf that's readily available and you're just you know operating at your own leisure uh, a lot of times they are so improperly managed internally because um, they're just small little groups of folks um, that they a lot of times they'll do what's called double triple and quadruple extortion um, where you have your initial payment of extortion you have you know, data exfil, which is typically your double extort part of your double extortion. Phobos in, in the past, Phobos hasn't been known for data exfiltration. However, some cases this year, we are starting to see a trend where they are starting to do data exfil. But taking data exfil out of this particular topic, you know, they will ask for one payment and will decrypt some of your files. And then they'll, you know, hey, we still have X number. And it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And then they'll be like, oh, well, hey, we stole a bunch of your data. And then, you know, if you don't want to delete it, Phobos just really, really is a really, really nasty group. And they're really hard to deal with um, from a negotiation standpoint. All right. Let's see. Looking for other questions. Yep, as Kimberly said, you know, today I will host, but uh, Tuesday there is no show. What's everybody doing this 4th of July? Any big plans? Uh, I've got another question here. Oop, wrong. Can't show it. Are you going to show? There we go. Um, Question, is there a certification or field specialized field for tra of training to obtain for 
operational tech in cybersecurity. Um, operational tech. So, you know, hands-on keyboard field work for cybersecurity. That is, uh, I would say, Leon, it really depends on exactly what you're trying to do. So in cybersecurity, you have implementations and then you have like remediations and you have auditing and GRC and stuff like that. Um, so I'll try to take it from both a couple of different sides. So in preparations and securing blue teaming, if you will, um, you know, going through network plus security plus as at least a starting point would be a good idea. Um, there in the DFIR world, there is network forensics that you can do. Um, there's also um, cloud forensics that you can do, things of that nature. So hopefully that answered your question. Leon, definitely, we'll stick around for a few minutes. Um, if I didn't ask your question, please re-ask it. Please re-ask it. Got another one here. Do you have a LinkedIn for people to connect with? Yes, I do. Oh, Kimberly fixed it. Thank you so much for um, for dropping that in there. Huge champion. Really do appreciate you. Is Barricade Cyber hiring? Um, must hot doggers gas 20? <laughs> uh, no, we're not currently hiring. We are in a growth phase, though. Um, so... We, I do expect to be hiring soon. I don't have a timeline for that, but I will, um, before we make it officially public, public, um, I will, I have already made the commitment to at least put the notification out here first to this channel. Um, so Dr. Jared is going to say, Hey, if you want to, if you, if you've been looking to do this, things of that nature, you know, definitely get in on this. Um, and we'll try, we'll, we'll be looking at, um, you know, the simply cyber community first to see if we could be able to potentially get somebody, you know, some new talent or something like that, um, you know, for that particular role. So stay tuned here, definitely subscribe if you haven't, um, if you're joining these questions and you joined this week's contest, please smash that like, uh, that like button. It really does help that algorithm. Right. Um. uh let's see question do you do you over pen test services i think do you offer pen to uh pen test services not currently so yeah we can do penetration testing yes but it's not the our core business um if um if we have the bandwidth to do it aka we're a little slow we're looking for some work to do yet yeah, we can um but a lot of times we don't um we do do a lot of what we call um soft pen testing for our organizations that we currently manage um so like in, the other side of the business is like our retainers incident response retainers and um you know the sock services and things of that nature. Um, so we'll go through and we've got some, uh, some scripts that we run against the environment, trying to see what's going on. So, um, 
but yeah, it, it's not something we we advertise by any means anymore because um, it just it is such we got so much stuff going on with other things. Um, I would tell you though, if you're looking for a pen testing company, you know Black Hills Information Security they do it a lot, um, and you know that is they got a whole division tied to it. So um, I would re recommend them for that. So. Jack Scott said, I just realized Eric's uh, URL is ransomware. I wonder if his page got blocked. But Jack, I have not heard that yet. I have not heard if our uh, our lovely handle uh, forward slash ransomware is actually there. <laughs> I said, do do. Okay. So Jen Hasley, what is the toughest forensics field? Um. It really depends on what your strong points are, right? Um, for me, memory for forensics, reverse engineering, things of that nature, I am not strong at that at all. I'm just not. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, so for me, that is tough. You know, folks that are, you know, strong like John Hammond, things of that nature. Um, yeah, doing what what I do for network forensics and cloud forensics and things of that nature, that may be tough for them. You know, it really w is how your mind works and how you're able to process information. So I think it really does depend on the person. But again, for me, memory forensics, reverse engineering, things of that nature, I really, really struggle with that stuff. Um, so, you know, I definitely try to rely on people smarter than I in that field. Um, you know, just goes to show that it's you can't know everything you just can't um so let's see question here uh looks like it actually came from my channel so what helps in landing a job as uh, secure in the sock okay um i would say if you don't have any certifications having the ambition you know, I, I have always, so early in the, the company, I made the mistake of hiring certs over ambition and it built a bad culture. Um, you know, people weren't happy with their job. They were just looking for paychecks, things of that nature. But if you get somebody in your organization that has that drive, that has that passion for everything um that helps you know, having that ambition and when you have that ambition you know just as just just bishop just said part of the networking so when you're doing your networking you're doing your outreach you're doing these things um you know that ambition shows up right so it's easily able to be betrayed people see it so it makes it so so much better you know when you're trying to get out there so hopefully that helps you. What is this? Uh, Tim McDonald asks, what is the biggest challenge in securing a network? Um, There's two items, actually. One is C-level or owner buy-in. Um, the other one is line of business applications or unexpected intent, uh, actions from said security measure that you put in. Right. So it could be uh, your 
you're part of your firewall, you're implementing fire or application control. Um, and, you know, you're locking down certain categories, but then your one of your applications communicates in a funky way and now you're blocking your traffic is getting blocked so you know definitely unintended um consequences from control measures that you're putting in um and like i said c-level executive buy-in so uh, definitely having the ability to talk to the c-suite and not so much of um not as a technical person, but, you know, to quote unquote, dumb it down and talk about, you know, this is what we want to do. Here's the imp the possible impacts of doing this. Here are the possible impacts of not doing this. And here is the time to implement it. And if it goes wrong, here is the time frame to unimplement it. So taking those four key things into, into the conversation when talking to the executive will always help curve that a little bit. Um, the Eric Capiano blog will help give some people uh, some practical experience. You know, Eric Capiano, that dude seems real. I don't know him real well. I do know he was he was in Sands a lot. He, he was running a real good company over there from what I've heard. Um, I haven't heard anything negative about them so um i would be interested in doing if you haven't already because i'm trying to get caught up on the thread if you haven't dropped that blog link please do that um i would like to take a look at i'm sure some other folks in here as well would as well are in here would as well um right thank you you're welcome do cpes count to comp ta certs steve i honestly don't know i don't have I haven't had a CompTIA cert, and I'm going to date myself now, but it's it was the early 2000s, um, 2002, 2003, maybe. I, I don't know. Um, it was definitely back when you can take the A-plus in a single day, and it wasn't two tests like it is now. Um, and it was it was like a four-hour test five-hour test maybe i don't know but uh, the answer question i don't know definitely reach out to comptia ask do they require cpes and if so what are acceptable i would imagine this platform would be as well so let's see uh do you have a channel also ask mike yes i do uh youtube.barricadecyber.com takes us uh, take you over to the barricade cyber um youtube channel i have not been very active on there lately i do plan on um getting more and more active the marketing team is definitely pushing me to do that so you'll see like this week's stream pushed over there um you know we're we're coming up with some other ideas to to do it but we um we i will be getting more active so it really is right now a um a tr time restraint so just busy with so many other things. I just, you know, I want to do certain topics. I just haven't had the, the, the hours in a day to actually get that done. But yeah, just go to youtube.barricadecyber.com and it'll redirect you to the YouTube channel. 
what question do you recommend for beginner? I have security plus Rahidi. That's really enough, dude, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess it just depends on where you want to be. Right. But I mean, if you're looking to get into sock, I don't see where that's, um, that's going to be a problem. You know, that could be a potential, you know, at least an entryway. Right. So, and again, you don't have to, you don't have to have any certs to get in there again, having the drive, having the ambition, um, is definitely, you know, it, I, me personally, I know a lot of folks in the industry will weigh passion and the vision of talent over a certification any day of the week and twice on Sunday. All right, long question here. To piggyback off what I was asking about before, I should have clarified, but again, you know, it's ADHD. Um, it was pertaining to industry controls as distribution management. Okay, okay. Um, you know, there is another person, that's another field that I'm not very... Um, I'm not very familiar with, to be completely honest with you. Um, oh gosh, the, the guy's name is uh, Chat and Mods. Please help me out. There's the, the Dragos dude, uh, Rob, 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 Rob Lee, I think. Um, I think that's who it is. But he is huge into DFIR and stuff like that, and the um industry control systems um, space, definitely uh, follow him and, um, you know, those around him. I, last time I heard Dragos was hiring. Um, so definitely check them out if that's something that you're going to be uh, potentially looking at. There, there's a huge need in that space. I can tell you that. Uh, that's not a question. Um Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Just going through it. Steve. Awesome. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely, sir. Uh, Mike, you found me. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Uh, Kimberly, she put the link in there. Awesome. Uh, Tim McDonald, have a great day. Great job. Thank you so much, sir. Okay, um, looks like I'm catching up. Awesome, ladies and gentlemen. So, yeah, I'll, I'll spend, stay here a few more minutes. If y'all have any last-minute questions, definitely drop them in here. If not, I do see 105 of y'all still here. I do appreciate you hanging out for the jawjacking session. I hope you all have some awesome, awesome plans. Please stay safe out there when traveling. Jessica, take care of yourself as well. Good to see you here.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not seeing any more questions coming in, and we are at 9.05 on the East Coast. Definitely got some uh, some work to do over here. I do greatly, greatly appreciate everybody um, tuning in this week so far. Y'all, ladies and gentlemen, have an awesome, awesome weekend. And as always, enjoy the sea shanty and enjoy it. We'll see y'all next week. Stay secure. Once was a kid whose passwords laid across all sites. They were the same, a criminal, then found their fame by taking that data to go. Soon may a criminal come to steal your pictures and data and run. One day when the crime is done, they'll steal your account and go.